if you love Anita Franco or young Janis Joplin, then you will love Irish-born, Berlin-based, queer singer-songwriter Wallis Bird. Wallis just released her seventh album, Hands. Welcome to Lottel and our Queer Conversation series. Queer Conversation features queer artists, community leaders, researchers and trailblazers to share their stories. In today's episode, we speak to Wallis Bird, who just released her seventh album, Hands. Welcome to Queer Conversation. We have actually interviewed you a couple of years ago when you came to Australia last. Yeah, I remember. If you, if you recall. And, I mean, and I never forget Lesbians on the Loose. <laughs> no, that's right. Who does? Such a good title. <laughs> it's such a good title. I know. Congratulations. You have just released your seventh album, Hence, I'm really curious to find out a little bit more about that album and what motivated you to uh, to produce it and I guess a straightforward question was it a COVID baby? Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was made during the pandemic. Uh, the timing of the album marks the time of what happened in the world from my perspective uh, between the time of 2019 and 2021. So it's a very very time specific album. It's something like folklore album in the way that I talk about um, obviously the pandemic, um, not mentioning the word, um, but speaking about the pause and taking time and also speaking about the uh, geopolitical situation, so humanitarian crisis of uh, refugees, uh, moving on from 2015 from my last album. Um, it's also talking about well, um, women's healthcare rights in America and how it's like I'm living in Europe and we look to America a lot, unfortunately, um, and just the demise of, of uh, humanitarian care there, I find is really interesting. So there's quite a few subjects um, specific to that time. The whole album is specific to uh, 2019-21. So, and the, I mean, environmentally we're going through a lot physically and spiritually i think we're going through a huge huge change at the moment so the album is already about that yeah um it was a different type of production for you i believe because you had to you had to let go and you kind of were um convinced by a friend to work with somebody and it was a, a mm -hmm. very different approach than the other couple of albums that you worked on yeah, I think that we can all identify with this problem where, well, I shouldn't speak for, okay, I'm going to speak for women. <laughs> and I think that, you can. Um, yeah, um, especially for women in, in the music industry. Uh, there's an awful lot of um, showing off that I had to do to show that I'm capable as a musician or a writer or a producer. Um, which I've had to do in previous years and with this one I've, I think I just must have been so tired of, of constantly you know this keeping up this egotistical vision or something that um, I felt pretty tired and I thought well I need to do something else with my with my time and my energy because 
um, not that I was very sad or tired or something extremely finished or anything, but it, it gets to you, you know. And uh, my manager said, look, I think that um, you should work with this man, Philip Milner. Um, he's a he's got a great pop sensibility, um, intelligent writer, um, beautiful arranger. And and I said, you know, what? I'll try anything. I'll I'll go for it because we were we had just begun the pandemic and I thought, well, you know, the world has changed. All my concerts are gone. I have no idea if the world is going to ever be the same again. So now is the time to get with the times and try something different. Mm. And uh, I went into the studio, into Philip with actually nothing written. I, I had less than nothing. I was so unprepared that I felt very, very vulnerable and and like... Yeah, about about as unprepared as I could ever be going into the studio. And I really like to be prepared. So I was like a brand new kitten, to be honest with you, Silke. Uh, and I just thought, look, just receive whatever's coming. Um, and I went into the studio with Philip. And within three days, uh, the first three days, we just got to know each other. We went for walks. We talked. Uh, there was some crying and a little bit of releasing, pain release. And then we sat in his studio and um, he opened up one of my songs, which was just me and the guitar. And he turned to his piano and he played something. And I remember that first note was like a lock and key. And it it felt so right, so perfectly timed that I just felt my heart release and I felt my grip release. And I said, I'm in perfect hands here. I'm in, I'm safe with this guy. He understands me. He understands where I'm coming from. And, uh, he took care of the, he took the reins of the production. Um, basically what I did was I sat and I guided, um, I, there was very, very few occasions where I said, I, maybe let's change that because truly Silke, everything he did was a wonder. Everything he did was a wonder. And I never, it was as if handing over my life into some maestro's hands. And it was, I would highly recommend letting go of control if, if you feel confident to do so, because it's one of the most rewarding, rewarding things I've ever done. This album also, um, I understand it's very, very personal and the, the extending title Nine and a Half, half Songs um, for Nine and a Half Fingers is, is based on a very personal, tragic um, incident that happened when you were a toddler. Could you just tell us a little bit about that and how that actually, um, what happened and how it influenced you as a musician, which I'm sure it did. Mm. Yeah, it surely did. Yeah. Um, so when I was a, a an 18 month old uh, baby, I fell under a lawnmower. Um, my father was uh, driving the lawnmower, and I managed to <clears throat> chop all of these fingers off on my right hand. Um, and they stitched them back on, but obviously I'm left with this little baby finger. Um, I was I was playing the guitar at that stage already, funnily enough. I mean, I was just a child, but um, I still adored this toy. Um, I didn't have teddies, I had a guitar. And um, yeah, I, 
I learned how to play then the guitar um, the opposite way around. So I used to play like this, but I began to play the other way around so that I had all fingers for chords. And um, what that led to was me playing the guitar furiously because people told me, oh, you know, you poor thing. And I guess not not being allowed to play the guitar while my hand was healing stuck with me somewhere deep inside my psyche. So I became more attached to the guitar. And uh, as time went, I played it a lot. I played it until every string was broken from the guitar. And um, my father brought me back to the music shop. And they, um, I remember chatting to the, to the um, music shop owner as he was restringing the guitar and asking me questions about how I played. And then he said, OK, finished, handed me back the guitar. And uh, it was strung in the right-handed which way, which is standard. Um, and that was a moment that changed everything for me again. I had to learn how to play the guitar. The, the way you play the guitar and learn the guitar and, and your, your musical journey began, is that influencing your, the, the way you are writing, obviously writing songs? Um, that's a, yeah, it's a lovely question. There, there would be... Yes. So long story short, the, the, the sound of the guitar, the beginning sound of the guitar is so much, uh, it's such a subtle, but huge difference actually in sound that, um, it's more to me, it's the guitar sounds more hopeful the way I play it. Um, just because it's brighter, it's brighter first. Um, I often find that the guitar can be, uh, a little bit constrictive or a little bit I've heard it so many times before I've been playing it my entire life um, I listen to a lot of guitar music but when I play it it feels like a brand new moment in in time it sounds like time has stood still because I feel like I have more opportunities with the with what I'm working with just because it's so vastly but yet subtly different um and the way I, I move from the guitar, I move with a very bass toned, uh, idea because my, my, um, I have a, a different opportunity than other guitarists where my baby finger is open so that I can move along the bass notes much freer. Um, whereas other people would have to move their hand this way. Uh, mine is already open. So I, mine just opens and flares out and I use an octave basically. And, but when it comes to the keyboard, I would find myself in a, I suppose, perhaps a lesser position. So I don't have full use of, full extended use of my fingers. So I tend to keep my, my chords really tight. Um, I tend to not go ex extravagant in playing. I keep it really very simple um, so that I, well, I can't oh, exert my hands over time. Let's say I can't exert my left hand over time. Um, because if I'm, I'm touring like I do all year, um, if I push my left hand to the limit, I, I want to be playing for the next, you know, 60, 70, 80 years. <laughs> so I have to be careful. Mm. Um, but what it does as a musician is that it makes me work harder. Um, because I know my limitations. And I want to work past my limitations all the time. So it makes me a little bit more determined a player 
to try out different things to uh, get as good as possible and to kind of there's that show off thing I have an unnecessary need to to show off because I guess I've grown up since a baby with people telling me oh, it's such a shame that you'll never be as good as you could be and I'm like what does that mean mm. um, so I have this need in me to take things further than they than they would seem talking about being competitive or you know um, wanting to succeed when you were in Melbourne you were supposed to or you wanted to do a 12-hour marathon yeah it was really 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 fun um, it was the end of the end of an era um, the first time I did a 12-hour show was uh, just before I finished writing an album I knew that I had a little bit more um, energy and creativity in me and I was just at the end of the creative um, timing for the rel uh, for the album so I just wanted to push out any last bit of extreme creativity that I might have and it was something similar with I enjoyed it the first time so I really wanted to do something special in um, Australia because I love the country so much and I'm growing to deeply love it so I wanted to do something quite different um, I find um, Australia extremely inspirational um, there's quite a lot of history to take in and, and current current history happening as I was there and I just felt very very inspired so um, I decided to play for 12 hours and see what comes out and draw the the energy of the tours yeah the the trick with the 12 hour concert is to i i have uh, a couple of um needs let's say in the in the concert it needs to be uh free in uh it needs to be a space where people can come and go freely and um there has to be a pa system there and a few instruments and that's it so i i borrowed some instruments from opep mm. Um, do you know this band? I, OPEP. They blow my mind. They're a Melbourne based band. And, um, I had my friend Talara, uh, play a lot. So the thing is, you play for 12 hours in front of strangers that didn't pay anything to get in because that's the most critical, um, the most critical uh, audience mm. you can hope for. So they can come in when they want, they can stay as long as they want and they haven't paid anything so they don't lose anything. And that makes them even more critical of what you're doing up there, which is exactly what I want. I want people to look and say, mm, you know, give me a face of like, this is crap. And then I will work hard until I see that person realize something and they go, oh, it's not that crap. So it's, It's this, again, this tr terrible need to um, to get people on my side or, or reach, not get people on my side, but actually reach people through music to say that um, even there is always there's secret frequential communication in music. Um, and I feel like I'm so open to it. I'm so open to learning about this secret frequential language mm. that I want to work hard so that I can speak to anybody with it. Um, so that's why I do the 12 hour concerts just to allow strangers to come in so that I can work on how I communicate. Um, 
Mm. and reach people that are into any style of music just to see if I can do it. And that brings out a different creativity in me. It's very, it's very driving <laughs> and uh, confidence, ego smashing. So um, we, we touched on Australia a little bit. You did say you love Australia. Um, what I love about it is the historical ancestral landscape um, that it feels so um, you're so connected with the primitivity of existence when I'm there um, I've watched First Nations light a fire from nothing there I've never seen anything so real in my life um, watching somebody draw a fire from thin air um, the the emotional connection that I have with the nature is huge it's um, It's a landscape I've never seen before, um, going from lush to arid. Um, the history of, of the continent is fascinating and tragic and, um, and hopeful and learning. And it's so modern and it's, it's such a modern um, contemporary history matched with lifelong existence history it's fascinating and um, I'm mm. in, and conflicting and uh, and as a as a like a white person coming over there I see things in a very different perspective and it's really beautiful to be to be um, challenged as a white person very very much challenged uh, so I feel a great a deep connection with that um, You you have an Irish mm. background. You come from a big Irish mm. family. Do you have family here? You think because there's a lot of Irish people in Australia. Blood runs some somewhere wide in in the, in uh, Australia. Yeah, I mean, I would consider myself if I wasn't doing music, I'd probably be a little a little criminal or something like that. I enjoy criminality for some. I find some kind of a I don't know some cheeky beauty in it not bad criminality or anything but just you know con I don't know and um, yeah like the, this the whole history of the boats traveling over and you know the worst of the worst being shipped off to it's such a weird such a weird thing to think about how Ireland just like mass evacuated or were or were forced to move um it's such a weird history mm. so for sure like i mean you meet people and that are irish second generation irish or something then you go whereabouts in ireland and you realize there probably could be some relation there somewhere um and also mm. when when i was growing up there was um a ma another mass exodus of in ireland because there was recession and Australia was the place to be to to make your money and it was such a strange thing um seeing tons of friends just leave you know and I guess you must have felt it mm. over there just turning around and every second person might have been Irish or something it's such a weird mm. such a weird thing with your new album Hands do you have any plans of coming out to Australia yeah. Definitely. I had a tour. It was uh, getting organized in 2020. I was supposed to come over. When you were here last, you played Malumbimbi and in Melbourne, Sydney. So you did a, a, a tour. Was it ocean 
um, the, the, the music video that you um, uh, promoted and um, your, your previous um, EP. Um, it was between home and woman, that's right. So I, I worked with uh, Sinead McDevitt on um, The Ocean, uh, a Sydney, uh, she lives in Sydney, um, an Irish director. Um, incredible, uh, incredible vision that she had for this, uh, for that song. She contacted me and said, um, you know, Wallace, I kind of want to do something specific just between us, some kind of an art piece between us. And um, I really loved the idea that she contacted uh, me with saying, I only work with people that I want to work with and I want to work with you. And I thought, what an interesting concept because sometimes we forget to go straight for what we want, you know? We go live life and coast around the, the, the things that we want, but um, she had a very specific idea. And uh, yeah, she made this extremely beautiful video, which I think connects Australia and Ireland. Oh, it is an extremely beautiful, very powerful um, music video. So, so at the moment you are you are in Berlin and you are about to go on your yeah, tour in a, with in your um, new album. In a couple of months, I'm going to be on a full tour. So, in between now and then, I have. Um, festivals and one or two you know spot gigs um but yeah the the whole of autumn uh it'll be your summer um my autumn is going to or my winter is going to be covered gigs i think i have something like 70 70 concerts coming up this year which is very surprising um and we'll see i i fully expect nothing to go as planned because if anything, the last couple of years have shown me is that anything can happen. And uh, right now, I'm just extremely happy to, um, to, to be here right now. Um, the world is changing so drastically, Silka. So music is uh, a beautiful thing to do, but I've had a beautiful life. And if I have to do something different, then I will, you know, with unfortunately war on our doorstep it's not the best time to be I'm, I'm celebrating life of course but uh, I also not expecting um, the world to be the same world in a couple of years really I have to just keep my heart open and, and hope that it's going to be okay yeah mm. and one, one, one of your songs um, what's wrong with change you just got to take that to heart just to, to finish off, um, uh, tell us how can people find your music? That's how can they follow um, your work? So if you would like a physical copy, the best way to support your favorite artist or any artist is to go straight to their website and um, get the merch from their website or their albums from their website, anything from their website, because you avoid middle people. And um, and is that just valisbird.com? Yes, wallacebird.com. Yeah. And I'm also on um, TikTok and uh, Facebook and Instagram. The only thing that I'm actually no good at is Insta or is Twitter. I'm, I don't have, I can't be that short. If you enjoy Queer Conversation, make sure to follow us on all our social media platforms. You can also check out our website, lotl.com, where you will find 30 years of Lotto magazine digitized. My name is Silke Bader and thank you for your company.